0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vito Anazelli and Michael Nolan. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at the Screamers underscore pod. Today, we're starting back up our hooligan half hour, where we interview fans of the Premier League clubs from this side of the Atlantic. Joining us today is a close friend of the show, back for his second time. Jacob Holden of the Cincinnati Toffees. Welcome back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Get in. We're back, baby. <laughs> That's
0: right. uh, real quick, Jake, just uh, if you want to just give everyone a rundown, any new listeners on the show, where you're from, who you are, how you started joining or how you started supporting uh, to- uh, Everton.
2: Right. So obviously they talked about it. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I have been supporting Everton since the 2014-2015 Premier League season. Uh, I, I got into the Premier League after the 2014 World Cup, where I was like, "Damn, soccer is really cool." So I, I kind of want to keep watching this. Um, and a buddy of mine's like, "All right, just just sit down, watch the Premier League, pick a team, and just go with that team forever." And I'm like, "Sounds like an easy plan to me." So <laughs> um, I started watching. Are you still had to with that decision. Yes. Yes. Okay, absolutely. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that I, I would never change it. So. Uh, you know, I watched about a quarter of the first season and I'm like, I'm between Arsenal and Everton. And I'm like, well, I'm not really feeling anything with Arsenal. So like Everton it is. And we just went from there and it's been, it has been a ride. It's so been a toffee
1: ever since. What was it that drew you in over Everton from Arsenal?
2: You know, it's really funny because like there wasn't really ever anything that was like, man, Everton's really drawing me in. But it's like... The thing with Everton supporters is it's always spouted out. Like, as an Everton supporter, you're chosen by the club. You don't choose mm. the club. Like, you're born not manufactured. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been told that my whole life by Scousers and all these other people, and it's just, like, it feels good. Like, so um, I, I think it's, you know, it's silly to say, but, like, I think the soccer gods are just kind of like, all right, well, you're one of them, so.
0: written <laughs> <laughs> in stone, I like it. Let's, uh, let's kick it off real quick. We're, we're going to backtrack just a little bit for Everton. Um, obviously, last season, absolute whirlwind. You probably had 14 different heart attacks. Maybe you had cardiac arrest. I don't know what the case was, but what do you think happened? What went wrong? Because truthfully, we, heading into last year, we, we kind of thought Everton might have like a little bit of a down year, not like a relegation candidate kind of year, but give us your take. What, what, what happened?
2: Well, first off, they hired Rafael Benitez after Carlo <laughs> Pilati left for Real Madrid. That was... I mean, you knew it was going to be bad as soon as that happened. I mean, he the fans were already against him as soon as he was hired. So from the jump, it was... There's a toxic element in the fan base. Um, was it financially- that
1: bad, like, on Twitter, where
2: fans oh, were, were, man, were upset dude. and whatnot? So, yeah, so there were people, like protesting, putting bed sheets sprayed with like we don't want Rafa and all this other Ugh. stuff, like outside of Goodison Park, like a week before he's hired. Uh and it, 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 I think the worst part was like the whole manager search was really tumultuous. Like hmm. we were just being linked with terrible manager after terrible manager. And it's like there hmm. were a couple good ones in there like Chris Galtier who's now in charge of PSG. Yep. Like he was linked with Everton. And we were like, well, we should have gotten him. So, uh, and not only that, I think the other the other thing that really, and I think this is pretty well known, is like financial fair play really caught up to Everton last summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's famous. We only brought in Damari Gray for a little under one and a half million quid. And <laughs> we brought in Andros Townsend on a free. And I think that was it last summer. Um, so, right. yeah. So, I mean, like, Squad depth wise, it was it was pretty rough, you know. And we we had some injuries at the beginning of the season. Dominic Calvert Lewin missed basically yeah. the whole season. Uh Richarlison missed a big chunk of the season in the middle of the season. Uh Abdullah was in and out of the lineup. Uh Alan missed some games. We had, you know, just injuries all over the place you know Damari Gray started hot but he cooled off so I mean Richardson really was was the only thing that kind of dragged us across the line by the end so uh but man um I never want to be in that situation again but those last (laughs) like five matches it's some of the best stuff I've ever felt in my life (laughs) it's like stressful yes like Every match you're on pins and needles because you feel like one goal and you're just like, Oh my god, we went down, we're gonna lose, and now we're gonna go down. Like after we lost to Burnley, mm. that,
0: that was huge. That swung it that was a, wild, that was a tough yeah. one.
2: Yeah. A- everyone that I knew was like, All right, well, we've kind of accepted it. We're we're going down. Like
1: I was gonna say, at what point were you like really honing in on like oh shit, this is this I is think happening.
2: I think <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I think that's when it got real for a lot of people when we lost. <laughs> When we lost 3-2 at Burnley, I think that's when it got real for a lot of people. And, and a lot of people got really scared. And it's really funny. Not funny, but like to me, <laughs> um, so watching people from Liverpool talk about what it, how it was affecting their lives. Like people weren't sleeping. People were eating poorly. Like everyone was like just more stressed out than I've ever seen anybody about anything in my life. It was crazy.
1: That um, just sounds like another day in England. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs>
2: um, and then, you know, but then we, we, we just, we just pull it together. The Newcastle match. Oh my God. The scenes when Alex O'Wobi scores in the 99th minute, because some crazy person straps himself to a goalpost to protest <laughs> oil. Uh, I mean, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But it gave me such a feeling like I remember I, I think there were a couple of times where we won towards the end of the season where you just kind of you just cried a little bit because you're like, OK, we're another step closer. We just got to get a little bit more. Mm. Um, and, and that that Alex Owobi goal was a moment when we beat Lester away and the away fans were in the stands screaming and yelling, singing for 30 minutes after the match is over. That was really cool. And then you know it culminates with Crystal Palace at home, and it's just I will never forget Crystal Palace at home. I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget the scenes. Like still to this day, like when I when I think about it, when I talk about it, I get kind of emotional because it's just like it was the culmination of of watching these fans just come together and drag this team across the finish line, and it was it was incredible.
1: What do you think was the catalyst for what put Everton into that hole initially? Or what do most fans believe
2: it might be? You know, I think it, it varies from fan to fan. I don't think there was ever really like a consensus like, oh, well, you know, it was this or it was that. You know, some fans were blamed the, the hiring of Rafa Benitez was, was the thing that really it honestly kicked it off. Um, some people will say like oh well it's the board's fault for all their reckless spending over the years and not having any financial fair play to you know not having any financials to like bring reinforcements in some people will blame the injuries uh you know it just it varies for me I, I think it was just kind of a perfect storm I think not having money in the summer really hurt us because we couldn't reinforced and the guys we brought in they were good and they 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 contributed and they were really good players for most of the season um but i mean they they weren't ever going to be enough to like mm-hmm. really kick us off and have a great season um i thought rafa benitez was wrong and he he i think they kept him along around way longer than they should have mm-hmm. Um, so that was one. And then they brought, they, they, and when they sacked him, they sacked him and they brought Lampard in with like 48 hours left in the January transfer window to like, (laughs) all right, guy, figure it out. Like, and, and it's just like, okay, well, so that was bad. Um, and injuries, man, just not having a striker for, for the entire season basically is, there's not a lot of teams that's going to win a lot of matches if you don't have a striker. So I think it was, I personally think it was a, a perfect storm, but like fan wise, I don't think you're going to get a consensus.
3: What, what did you think of the Lampard appointment when it came through? Because it was kind of one of the only options left on the table that late in the January transfer window. Um, and it was kind of a hit or miss with a lot of people when we talked about it.
2: Um, I, it was him and, oh, who's the other guy? oh man it was between him and some guy that we nobody wanted so we were all like <laughs> we were all like all right well bring Lampard in I guess and I think it was met with skepticism uh you know Lampard has had a couple jobs you know he worked at Darby where he was okay almost got them up uh I think once maybe he was yeah they think during the playoff but, final actually yeah so yeah they- um almost brought Darby up didn't do it I thought I thought it was harsh for Chelsea to sack him, you know because he was managing when the transfer band was in, and he did great. I thought like he had you know he had to stick with the players he had and he was what he i mean you guys are chelsea supporters right like how like you know what he got him in the top four, didn't he
0: got us top four um especially yeah with with the with the transfer band and then it seemed to unravel a little bit i, I don't know if he's me to talk about this all the time we we never felt like he was really a Premier league manager yet and he kind of skipped some steps but right emotionally it hurt to see him go uh, yeah. obviously just being a club legend and everything like that and then you go in the champions league with tuchel and be like well maybe he was actually the issue and yeah you know, it's it, it was a weird, it's a really weird thing to look back upon so i wish they give him more time just personally because i thought he might he probably could have figured it out but just even watching him now i don't know i, I don't know if he's like what do you think of him I, out of curiosity over at everton
2: the entire fan base will go to war for that guy the really? entire the entire fan base will go to war for that guy. Uh I think god I I I honestly feel sorry for him because he understands he since day one he's I think he's kind of understood what it means to be the Everton manager. Like he understands the fans, he understands what we want to see and he understands what he has to do to like get the fans behind him. He just gets it. And tactically Technically, he's not all there sometimes, but sometimes he gets it wrong, and sometimes his substitutions, like, really are head scratchers, but then other times he's just brilliant with his substitutions, and, you know, so uh, he is still learning, it kind of sucks that he's learning on the job at Everton, Um, (laughs) but but it's also, I think it's also a good situation for him to learn in, because right now, there's not really a whole lot of pressure on him, you know, all he has to do is keep us afloat until yep. we get into our new stadium. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And and I think he's done a good job. in With the squad he has, he's kind of hamstrung. He's having to play five at the back, and he doesn't really have a choice. And we're still kind of flirting with financial fair play. Like, we've made some signings this summer. It's been a lot better. Like, Amadou Anana, we were able to spend money on him, and that was great, and he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we sell Anthony Gordon for 60 million quid... <laughs> The, I heard
0: us up to, to like question. eighty now. By the way, yeah. Uh, I'm shocked they've denied that though. That seems like I don't like, understand. He like four Premier League goals and like four deflections. Like it's like, yeah, bro, we take are, the money. I mean, we for are what so I was, angry. For what I was seeing, it was a it was a matter of um,
3: actually back to Frank Lampard realizing he's like I don't have a replacement. Calvert Lewin's gone for foreseeable future, and now without Richarlison, so well, that at least that's what I'm seeing online.
2: The funny thing is, like. I think if if you sold Anthony Gordon for whatever it is, whatever absurd fee you're gonna get for him, you can go out and get players. Like you, we've been linked with yeah. some good players who are better than Anthony Gordon. So, yep. like, I don't know. Like, but Frank Lampard, I'm I'm all I'm all in on Frank. I love him. I think he's gonna figure it out. I think he's and we need some stability at the manager position. Since I've been a supporter, I've never had a manager last more than a year and a half. So Oh no shit, really. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been rough. So I want to see him succeed. And it's gonna break my heart if he gets sacked because of the failure of the board again. You know, that would that would really bum me out.
1: Would you take this is totally hypothetical, a player coach scenario? Lampard puts the boots on, goes out for everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Old time sick right there. Yeah, I I don't know about that one. That might be a too far. Right? Uh, maybe five years ago, you tell me that, and I'd be like, Yeah, sure. Well let's, let's do it.
0: A little late for so that. So what one. um I know you mentioned the financial fair play before. Obviously, like them dealing with it last year. They brought in a few signings so far. you guys have been linked. I, I saw your thread earlier. I, I knew that a little bit beforehand. I didn't know to the extent of what like you posted. It's crazy. Um, but it's not like get some people in bro like that yeah. is yeah
2: yeah it's so for those who don't know i've been keeping track it, it was kind of started out as a gag i'm in a group chat of ohio toffees uh shout out to the group chat and <laughs> they're like ah somebody keep track of all the summer tram for like rumors all the links like link the weekly like no matter what the link is like the weakest link possible i'm like all right it's going on the list so <laughs> the last i checked before i left work today I- I think I was up to, we are up to 121 players linked uh, through the Ooh. summer, and it's it's absurd. There have been some really crazy names on that list, like Gavi was one from Barcelona. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why? Why? What are we talking about here? So, I don't know. Like, it's, we are very frustrated, and I'm starting to get worried. Um, the transfer window closes next Wednesday it's a week from today, I think right next, yeah. Yeah, or, next, less than that it's like six days yesterday. It's really
3: yeah close. it's it's yeah. it's a week from today we're recording on a Thursday so.
2: yeah so I, I'm worried I think we have to sell Anthony Gordon and we have to sell him right now like, yeah I, 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 we, we he's he very
1: talented but yeah yeah I think I mean, he's a wing back yet to be converted into a wing back
2: yeah I he doesn't have the goals. I think, I think you're right. I think wing back would be a better position for him because he's got the energy to kind of run up and down. He would have to get better at staying in position and like actually defending, but I think, I think he could, um, but yeah, you, I think you have to sell him. You have to sell him now. I don't care if Frank Lampard wants him around. I don't care if Bill Kenwright's like, ah, well, I don't want to let him. I don't, I don't care. Like, we need need players, like, and we need players who can score goals. We don't have any goals in this squad right now. Until Dominic Calvert Lewin comes back, there's nobody who can score. Damari Gray is pretty much it. And he he ain't Richarlison. Like, he'll score every six matches or whatever it is. You know what Mm. I'm saying? So sell him, get some goals in the squad. It looks like we might sign the (laughs) old Mopay, (laughs) which. That that expression
0: just summed that one up, though. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and we're heavily linked with a move for Ben Brereton Diaz from Blackburn right. Rovers. So he's a good player. He is a good player. I, I rate him very highly, and I'm, I would be very excited for him to come. But I think, man, like we can do better than Neil Maupay. Like you have to do better than that. Like,
1: yeah. So, what about? Curious, get your opinion, Jacob, on the people you brought in so far because you've done a little bit of dumpster diving and we do i love burnley on the show personally i'm a big i was a big dice fan while he was there they had you picked up tarkowski you picked up dwight mcneil two players from a burnley squad that got relegated that in their own sense were some of the standout performers on that team what are your thoughts on those two players what are your thoughts on the other
2: transfers that have been able to come through the door at goodison i think it's been a decent window um Connor Cody and James Tarkovsky has made our defense cohesive, which is great. Oh, God, it was so bad last year, but now having those two in the middle and Mason Holgate has really come on since those two guys have come in. He was very shoddy last year, hit or miss, and he's he's got kind of a hot head. I mean, he still does, but like having James Tarkovsky and, and Connor Cody next to him has made him into a really solid defender. Um, we also brought in Ruben Vinagre for some depth behind, uh, Vitaly Mikhelenko. I think that's fine. You know, Mm. he'll, he'll do, he's a little bit more offensive than Vitaly is, which is great, you know, for a late game sub, if you you need a goal still, um, the, the big ticket man so far this summer has been Amadou Anana. Mm -hmm. He is a stud midfielder. I mean, he played, he played all 90 minutes the other night in the cup match, um, they were just chopping at his legs all night long. It was crazy. Uh, But you know, he showed some real flashes. He's got, he hit two diagonal balls to either side of the pitch and they were inch perfect, beautiful. Um, And 90 minutes into the match, he made a run from like the halfway line to like deep into the, into the uh, opposing half and was chopped down in like a great area for a free kick. And I'm like, that's what you want to see. Mm -hmm. So he'll be, he'll be a great addition to the midfield. Uh, But there's Dwight McNeil. No, nah, not for me. No, uh, I, no I, I didn't rate him when he was at Burnley. He's he's started slow. I think I think maybe if we had like a real striker, he'd be a little bit better because he does. He can deliver a good cross in, um, but he's not going to score goals. People are like, oh, well, you know, maybe since he was in a bad Burnley slide, the goals will come at Everton. But I'm like, it's not really a good Everton side either. So. <laughs> that argument doesn't track. So overall, I mean, if we can get, if we get two strikers done, Maupin and Brereton DRs are fine. You know, they'll, they'll compliment Calvert-Lewin enough when he comes back. It's really, we just need to bridge until he's back and hopefully he can stay healthy once he is back. But um, we still need more. We need another midfielder. We need another winger, um, you know, and, and then maybe we'll be okay, but we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, Jacob. It's it's interesting you said a uh, midfielder because um, a player Mike has a particular affinity to. Um, Deli Ali sealed his loan for eight million pounds over to Besiktas. And and talking about these incoming transfers that you're hoping to see, regardless of how it went for him, you know, obviously at Spurs and then beginning of his career at, at Everton. What was your, your take on him leaving? You think that was a little bit towards financial fair play? They needed the the income, or would you have liked to see him stay and, and earn his spot back?
2: No, to be honest, it hasn't really worked like we wanted it to. I don't think for him, for the club, for no for nobody in particular, it hasn't it hasn't really worked out. Mm. Um, you know, we were really hoping that he could come here. He could get his confidence back under Frank Lampard. I, I think also right now, the squad that Everton has. The system that Frank Lampard is playing in Delhi, Delhi doesn't really fit in. Hmm. There's not really a place for him because really you would have to play him in like the Anthony Gordon or Damari Gray type position, and it's just because you can't. Because right now he's playing two in the midfield, and it's Alex Iwobi and whoever is playing next to Alex Iwobi, Yeah. and it just it just doesn't jive. Like I guess you could play him next to Alex Iwobi, but then defensively you're gonna you're just gonna be you're going to be left out to try it I think a little yeah. bit so it, it it's something that needed to happen i am bummed out because we all wanted him to come here and really kick on like he was you know and return to his star form that he had at spurs because i mean everyone remembers the, those couple of years at spurs man he he looked like the next big midfielder like he looked like the next big thing you know it was going to be him kane and son just ripping up the mid the premier league for a long time and mm-hmm. it just i I don't know, man. I hope that he can refind himself in Turkey, like maybe that's gonna be less pressure on him. He's gonna be out of the country, the eyes are gonna be off him a little bit, so I hope he does well, but like yeah it's it just it just hasn't worked
0: so if you had an ideal sign and like someone that you personally want to see like brought in, do you have a name
2: um so it's looking like the Zhao Pedro deal for Newcastle has kind of falling apart since they brought in Isaac from uh, Sociedad. Um, I think Jao Pedro would be Mm -hmm. phenomenal in this side. Um, He can play across the front three. He would be an excellent, like, striker villain until Dominic Calvert-Lewin came back. And if you sold Anthony Gordon and brought in Jao Pedro, Jao Pedro is going to score more goals than Anthony Gordon. and he, He does basically the same thing. And you can stick him right in the same spot and you can play either Dwight McNeil or uh Damari Gray on the other side, or Flip Flop. He just he would give a lot of versatility. It would cost uh, you know, cost thirty million pounds, you know, which is not a, a small fee. But Zhao Pedro, I think, is a guy right now where I'd be like, go get him.
3: Yeah, between him and Ismailia Sarr, I think either one of those would be a uh, would be quite the pickup at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm actually shocked Sarr hasn't even um have it hasn't been transferred yet already. It's like shocking to me.
2: Yeah, I mean okay. he's. His deal with Villa fell through, and and since then, he hasn't yeah. been linked with anybody.
3: Yeah. All right. Um, well, look, I don't want to harp on that, obviously, because last year was a little tumultuous for the Everton supporters, we know. But um, looking forward to this year, obviously not the best to start so far, although you have put in some very strong performances, especially in that opening match against Chelsea, where, in my opinion, even as a Chelsea supporter, I thought Everton ran the show for the most part um what what's your kind of your hopes this season and and where do you see the club finishing and both where you think they're going to be and where you think a target should be for frank lampard
2: oh i i don't think the target should be set very high at all like just finish like above 15th like 14th, 13th like right in that area like
3: (laughs) just some breathing room (laughs) yeah
2: that's 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 about all we need and i i predicted that they would finish in 14th um there is still a lot of work to be done if we're going to get to that point, because if we don't bring in two strikers in a winger and maybe another midfielder, it's, it's going to be a rough season again. Um, But right now, you know, it looks like we're going to get Neil Mape. looks like we might get Brereton Diaz sell Gordon, get a winger. We'll be all right. I think we'll be okay. Cause I mean, I wasn't impressed with Nottingham Forest. I've watched every Nottingham Forest match. I've not really been all that impressed with them. I think they should have gotten beat by like four goals by West Ham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everton. Yeah. Everton should have beat them last week, and they would have beat them last week if we had a striker. Um, Bour- Bournemouth I don't even want to talk about Bournemouth they're terrible <laughs> I mean they, they beat they beat Villa on the opening day but like uh, they're it, was a, not...
1: it was a fluke
2: we <laughs> talked about
1: that last week
2: <laughs> that roster is so bad like it's it's laughable Um, you know I, I don't think Villa are very good I think Leicester are in danger of going down this season and I'm not even kidding That's, I'm not even kidding
3: you said the same thing
2: I think What's I saying? picked There's... them to go down or finish one place above the relegation zone. In my prediction, they're in trouble. Brendan Rodgers is reeling. They're they're holding on to dear life for Wesley Fafana. They're holding on to dear life for um, the other guy, uh, the midfielder. Madison Telemans and Madison too. Yeah. So, oh god, it, and they haven't brought anybody in and they're never linked with a single player yeah Lost to uh, they're Michael too. They're, uh, they're they're in trouble they're in big trouble so i think there are teams worse than us and and really watching the league as a whole so far this year i've not really been super impressed by a whole lot of teams so yeah i, I think i think once <laughs> we get our business done if if we get our business done i guess i should say uh <laughs> we'll be okay
1: honestly i know, i i know you're not a fan of it but i do think if you, because I ripped on Neil Malpay before, but I do think if you're able to bring in Neil Malpay to the club, he's a proven striker. He's also a shit and he knows, oh, ri- he knows how to yeah, okay, he knows how to rile opponents up. Yeah, and he might miss once every while, like a a key opportunity and whatnot. But he knows in key moments when and how to find the back of the net. And from Everton's perspective, if you don't have those goal scorers in place. I mean, you never know when he could pop up at the very last minute in those match weeks in April or whenever and be that winning per- that yeah. winning that person that keeps you Everton up realistically. Yeah. Or it could, it gives you that breathing room towards that 15th or that 14th place, et cetera.
0: Not to mention what if you're talking about for him. What was what's the uh, supposed price tag for him?
2: I think oh my god, I think it's almost like 20 million or something.
0: And
1: he's young okay.
2: too. Isn't he like 24, I mean, 25, something like that? 20. he's, 20- no, he's six, that now. 26, 27, I think. Yeah, I basically in uh, his prime. Yeah, he's in his prime. I mean, I don't know. It, we've, I've, we've had signings that I thought were going to hit, and they didn't. And we've had signings that I thought were going to bust, and they didn't. So what do I know?
3: Well, you're taking <laughs> him away from a, a, another candidate who realistically is probably shooting for the same finishing places. So it, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, what Newcastle did last year. Who they pick up from Burnley? Chris Wood. Chris Wood. For, Wood, for Chris like, Wood? Yeah. yeah.
2: For an absurd fee. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just because fuck them.
0: That's why. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. It's that
2: oil money, baby. Yeah.
0: That's
1: so what you guys need. You need a. You need an oil baron to
2: come in. Funny. Yeah. The funny thing <laughs> is, we were like linked early in the summer. We were linked with like a takeover, and we were all pumped about it. We're like, hell yeah, let's go.
3: Dude, the, the amount of money coming into the Premier League is just going to decimate every other league. It's
1: absurd.
3: Especially like, when the takeovers continue. Like It's just going to keep going. Yeah. Super League is going to exist, and it's going to be called the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can they get relegated, though? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we're we'll founding see. 20 members?
1: <laughs> so looking, uh, looking to youth, Jacob, in terms of Everton, their youth system, some of the youth products, who are some of the players that, as fans of the Premier League, you know we should be on the lookout for players on loan even potentially who aren't playing right now, but will have a lot of high praise um that are maybe worth a worth a look at
2: uh so one guy who just went on loan to uh Sunderland at the beginning of the season Ellis Sims, he's a striker um he's already bagged three goals he had mm-hmm. a brace in, in like in his second game um he is. He is like a similar body type to Dominic Calvert Lewin. I don't think he's got this as good as a hold up play, but as a pure like finisher he is um, he's incredible. He knows how to score the goals, which is great. I um, hope you
1: also mean he won't get injured as much as Dominic yo, please, Calvert, with the same please. body
2: type <laughs> oh god please. he's he's much more of a brick house than Calvert Lewin is I think yeah, so. Um, Lewis Warrington is a midfielder who might go on loan, but he might not, depending on what we do in the transfer window. Um, he's more of a box to box kind of midfielder. Everyone's very excited about Lewis Warrington. Um, let's see, we've got um, who's the other one? Lewis Dobbin is on loan. He he is technically a striker, but I think he I think he should be pushed out wide as a winger um he's a he's a smaller guy he's lightning quick he's a good finisher he delivers a good good ball uh but i just think sides wise i think he would be better as a winger um yeah i mean there's there's a lot of good guys there's and i think fine the problem we've had at everton uh over the last like five years or whatever is we haven't done a good job of loaning guys out when they need to be loaned out to develop. And we, they're just playing under 23s, under 21s for too long. They get to the end of their contract and then they leave on a free to like league two. And we're like, well, that's a waste of a talent. So uh, there's a lot of guys coming through right now that a lot of people are really excited about. And it seems like we're learning now that like we're loaning people out when they need to go. So there's a lot to be excited about you know potential revenue streams with these players, potential first team players, so mm-hmm. you know we're're we're, we're hyped up Nice.
0: do you think them break into the first team this year?
2: um Lewis Warrington's got the best chance, I think you know because if there's a, if there's a couple more injuries in the midfield he'll 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 probably slide right in so uh but other than that i don't I don't really see it, yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, that's um, pretty much all we have, at least at least uh, on our terms. But I do have one question I really want to ask you. I see yeah. the Cincinnati hoodie.
2: FC Cincinnati, baby, let's go.
0: From a United States men's national team perspective, Brandon Vasquez has obviously been murdering it in MLS this past season. Do you think he gets called into the next camp and has a realistic shot of making Qatar? or not? I,
2: th- I think it's kind of absurd if he doesn't get called into the next camp. I mean, he is... The hottest U.S. men's national stream striker anywhere in the world at this moment. Like I, I, and and right now he's got his complete game put together. He can score with either foot. He's great in the air. Like headers, incredible hold up play is is phenomenal. I think with the guys who are in the squad right now for the U.S. men's national team, he would work really well. Um, Qatar. I don't know. Um, He would have to keep his form to the end of the season, but by the time he's done playing the other domestic leagues, are already going to, they're, they're going to keep playing and he's going to be sitting down by that time. So probably not going to see him in Qatar, which I think is is a real bummer um, because I, I think, I think he's earned it. I think right now he would be, He'd be a great guy to maybe bring off the bench and just kind of give a different dimension to the attack if they need a different kind of look. Um, but then I, I don't, I don't see it. But I, I, I think he's nailed on to make the next camp for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think timing really screwed him over. Just realistically, like if he if he was in any of the qualifiers, even like the last window in there, like the summer the summer games we had in Nations League some stuff like that, I would say he has a pretty realistic chance of it. I, th- I think it's just it's just unfortunately for him, like just too late. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, incredibly young, nineteen goal contributions in twenty
3: four starts. I mean, he's just absolutely tearing it apart, and he's a big dude. I mean, six two, almost two hundred mm-hmm. pounds. He's a big guy. He's like very much in the vein of uh, like Haji Wright and, and those guys. I yeah, but you're right. If he doesn't make that at least a camp, it'd be like all right, because it's not like anyone else can do it right now. So. <laughs> Dude,
0: the number nine's been have shown up the last two weeks. They're, they're yeah, but in Europe, not in the national team. Sure, that's what counts right now. <laughs> fair
2: enough. Very, <Fair>, very.
0: <laughs> Any predictions for the world cup, man?
2: Um, I think Brazil's gonna win it. I, I do. Uh, they haven't won for a long time. They're, they've, they've, their, their squad is in their prime. Mm. They've got just obviously, they've got loads of talent, a super deep roster pretty much at every position. Um, I think for the U.S. men's national team, make it the round of 16. I, I, I'm, I'm not sold. I'm not sold yet. They've got a lot of talent. They should make it past the round of 16 in the quarterfinals. I just, I just don't see it. And, and obviously, it depends on who they play. Because if they play somebody that they can beat, they will beat them, and they'll get to the quarterfinals. But
1: I'm gonna. I've said this before, but hot take. I don't think they make it out of the group stage. I could see that. I could the see that. I could I see that honestly. I, I think Wales gets ahead of them. Yep, to be frank, it's an incredibly tough group.
2: Yeah, you've got one easy match, one.
3: And even the then, rest... Iran won their domestic tournament this year. I think.
2: <sighs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, still, like you, you've got enough talent to to beat Iran. Like you should. Yeah. You should be beating them, but the rest of those matches, who knows?
0: gareth gareth bale has a very legit chance of just dropping his pants on us and then <laughs> going turn like just seeing the champions league bicycle or like all over him. like uh oh, cool.
1: he saves all of his moments any juice he has left just for
2: wales he doesn't God, give a shit about anything else. he's such a <laughs> <No. an incredible laughs> national team player it is absurd
0: <laughs> go, it's, it's uh golfing or wales that's it yeah and then and, uh, maybe darts now, is he in the darts too now lafc that's lafc right. yeah <laughs> oh
3: wow yeah Just just as a reminder, too, for everyone listening, um, if the United States make it out of the bracket, there would play the runner-up and winner of Group A, which is either Qatar, Ecuador, or really the two heavy hitters, the Dutch and Senegal. So it's probably going to be the Dutch or Senegal, and Sadio Mane (laughs) is going to fucking tear them apart.
2: Oh, no. Oh, that would be so miserable for me. I would hate that so much. I can't wait for the World Cup. Uh, man Mm. i love the premier league so much that i'm just like i'm really i don't know i don't know how to feel about it we'll see it's gonna be having in the winter sucks
0: yeah but it's it's like
3: 104 degrees there so
1: (laughs) would you would you take a everton fa cup win or, or this year or a u.s let's just say make it to the round of eight Oh, I choose.
2: I I don't care. Everton <laughs> cup. Give me, give me a trophy. Give me a trophy. I don't care. I love it. I am. You. You. You have to understand that. Like, I kind of get annoyed with the whole. Anytime an American does anything in football, everyone loses their mind. Yeah. I hate it. It drives me insane. I'm like, I don't care. Do they play for Everton? If the answer is no, I don't care.
1: Okay. Here. What if? Who would you want? From a U.S. perspective, to play, if you could sign one U.S. player to
2: Everton, uh, oh, uh, Weston McKenney. Weston, yeah, Weston mckenney
0: He's got that dog in him, man.
2: He does, he does, and he, he would be dog. incredible. He would be incredible in this squad. So,
1: you don't want any of the strikers? Is.
2: <laughs> no, I, Josh Sargent's I think so. available. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't think Josh Sargent is quite cut out to be a Premier League striker. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hilton the championship though so far.
2: Yeah.
3: You know yeah. Turn it up. So he follows Dmitrovich's footsteps, scores 40 something goals, and then <laughs> comes, puts up three in the opening three. I would
0: I wouldn't be mad, not at all. <laughs> but um yeah, before we head out here, Jacob, let's uh give everyone um that's listening just you know where they can find you, all that kind of stuff on social. Like, we'll we'll also have it linked.
2: Right. Um actually I, I'm I'm dumb and I don't know my twitter handle (laughs) off the top of my head so just when you when you see the episode just click on that link you can find me if you want to follow me and and watch me rant about everton every saturday at whatever time they're playing they're going to be doing something dumb i'm going to be angry about it so i can help you
1: it's at jake (laughs) holton (laughs) 12
2: but he's got me covered um (laughs) and then
1: it's the it's the the serious it's um Cincinnati Toffees. at yes.
2: Cincinnati Toffees. yes. If you are ever in Cincinnati for a match week, you know, no matter who you support, uh, Dana Gardens is the place. Um, look it up; it's great. We serve breakfast. We got a great group of people. As long as you're not being uh, a jerk, sure, we'll have your game on the TV. Um, if really, if you're a Liverpool supporter, I would suggest going to <laughs> Ryan, I would suggest going to Ryan House instead. They'll serve you there. We probably won't serve you at Dana Garden. Maybe in so. another
3: city at that point.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, man. I don't want to get into a pissing contest, but like the Cincinnati Toffees are way better than the Liverpool Cincinnati people. So ah. we got a grudge <laughs>
3: match coming up next episode, folks.
2: Oh. You actually, be on rough and rowdy. <laughs> um, But yeah, you can if you want to follow me on Instagram. I don't really post there a lot, but it's at J Colton. It's real simple. So.
0: Awesome. 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 But uh, yeah, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your pos- podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at the SLScreamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show, uh, world football, United States men's national team, and the Premier League. I'm your host, Steve, with
2: Mike Vito and our special guest, Jacob, signing off.